Hey friends, it's Amber, aka The Adult and Queen, your host of Sip and Sunday, the podcast. I'm an educator and lifestyle content creator helping millennials and Gen Z navigate adulting because hashtag adulting is ghetto. Sunday is a day of rest and self-care, but what you do on Sunday sets the tone for the rest of your week. Grab your favorite drink and sip with me as we talk about various topics related to adulting. Welcome back to another episode of Sippin' Sunday, the podcast. I'm your host, Amber, aka The Adulting Queen. Happy June. We have made it to month six of 2023. And this is episode 13 of the podcast, which is crazy to me. These days and weeks, like they just keep flying by. May, I was outside a lot. And in June, I'll be sitting in the house because I'm tired. Also, you might be able to hear in my voice that I'm getting over a cold or something, which was also my signal that for June, I need to slow it down. Before I dive into adulting while black, I want to give some podcast updates. I have decided that for season one, there'll be 20 episodes. So we have seven more to go, which will take us through July. Not quite sure when it'll start back up, but I will keep the AQ fans in the loop. Thank you so much for listening, sharing, hyping me up, tagging on social media, and continuing to come back because I think that this has been going pretty well. I've been enjoying it. Sometimes it has been stressful to pull the episode together and get it posted and up, but I have enjoyed the process. And season two, we will come back bigger and better. Shout out to all my guests that I've had so far. They have had such different journeys, but from my conversations with each of them, there are always themes that are the same, no matter what they have experienced. And you all have really been enjoying the guests. So let me know who you'd like to hear from. If you know someone or you yourself want to be on the show, send me a DM on social media. I'm the adult and queen on everything, or you can email the adult and queen at gmail.com. Moving on to the adulting while black portion where I highlight black owned businesses that anyone and everyone can use to help you navigate adulting. This week I'm highlighting myself, the adulting queen, because beyond the podcast, I want to make sure that the listeners know what the adulting queen is and how you may be able to utilize and support my business in other ways. It is very big business energy around here now. This is a small business, but we are speaking into existence, big business energy always. I started The Adults and Queen in 2019, and The Adults and Queen provides inspiration and resources for individuals to navigate adulting in an authentic way by bringing awareness to topics related to adulting through the podcast, events, keynotes, workshops, merchandise, and more. The vision of The Adults and Queen is to create a world where people feel more prepared to be an adult and enjoy the journey. And the values of The Adults and Queen are authenticity, being true to yourself despite the pressure to act otherwise, community, a group sharing common interests or attitudes, leadership, the ability to guide and influence individuals, uniqueness, being the only one of its kind, and inquisitive, desire to learn or know something, you're seeking answers. You all are already tuned into the podcast. So again, thank you for that. Be sure to share it with a friend that needs some motivation navigating adulting. You can also book the Adults and Queen to speak at your organization through my website. And as far as merchandise, I have journals, mugs, shot glasses, wine glasses, stickers, t-shirts, and more that have adulting slogans like adulting is ghetto, I can't adult today, adulting while black, 
I also have sipping Sunday mugs, my church plus brunch is Sunday fun day shirts and tote bags, and all black everything mugs and t-shirts. During pop-ups um, in person, I have some exclusive items, so make sure you catch me at one of those if you're in the DMV or Philly area. And I also offer wholesale options to purchase in bulk for gifting or retail stores. You can find all this on my website, www.theadultingqueen.com. And because I love the podcast listeners so much, use code SIPPINSUNDAY, all capitals, for free shipping off of your order of $25 or more. The Adults and Queen is on LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube. It's The Adults and Queen. I'm very easy to find. The Adults and Queen on everything. And I have ways to connect all over. So make sure you are following on all of those social media platforms. Now for our guest this week, I have the pleasure of introducing Trevis. He is a former student of mine turned friend, and he's sharing his experience being born and living abroad, then transitioning to the United States for school and now work. Trevis Bell hails from the beautiful Twin Island Federation of St. Kitts and Nevis in the Caribbean. He got his undergraduate degree in communication from Florida International University and his graduate degree in higher education from the University of Central Arkansas. He currently is pursuing his doctoral degree in higher education at the University of North Carolina at Greensboro. Travis enjoys an adventure from skydiving to go zip lining, and you can find him doing anything adrenaline related. Additionally, he loves traveling, working out, and swimming. His favorite place that he has been is Malta. And oh, did I mention he's also a Leo, big Leo gang around here. Welcome, Travis, to Sippin' Sunday, the podcast. I'm very excited to have you on. Let our listeners know what you're sipping on or what's your favorite drink. All right, so not sipping on anything right now, but my favorite drink uh, always, if you know me, I'm a Jack Daniels person. So pretty basic, uh, Jack and Coke, Jack and Coke. Yes, you do love your Jack Daniels. I have my matcha lavender latte <laughs> I've been making in my adulting is ghetto glass. Oh, um, yes, it's from Trader Joe's, of course. Everybody uh, that listens now laughs at me every time I say something about Trader Joe's because they know that I always talk about Trader Joe's. It's a great place. Um, but you are here today want to talk about um, your transition to America because you grew up in St. Kitts and you won't ever let us forget it that that is where you are from. Um, and first, the question that I ask everybody is at what age do you believe you became an adult if you feel that you've reached that age already? Um, ooh, good question. Uh, I would say, maybe 21, I would say 21. Well, I feel that's like a basic answer, but I would say 25, I'll say 25. 25 is like pretty average of what people are saying. I need to go back and like um, make a note of everybody's age, they said. But I mean, you said 21 first. Why did you first think 21? I think I said 21 because, you know, coming to the US, uh, the legal drinking age back home is like 18 and then 20, it's 21 in the US. So I'm like, oh, Mm. you know. Because drinking wild, but that shouldn't be a good reason for that. But then I said 25 because, you know, you can rent a car. Um, and I feel like that's such like a, like adult, adult stuff. Start from like 20. Like if you're trying to go to like parties, like functions, pretty, pretty much people like gotta be 25 plus. So that's yeah. where like, not really. And, 
And so you came to um, the U.S. at, how old were you when you came here for school? Um, I think I had turned 21 before coming. So I think I was 21 when I came, when I got here. Okay. And then did you already have college credits or something? Because you graduated in four years or three? Three. So I I did community college back home and then like transferred those credits. Okay. Gotcha. And honestly, this makes sense because I remember when I interviewed you as an RA, like you just came across as somebody that was more mature than other people. And now this all makes sense because I don't think I ever really knew your age more so until after you graduated FIU. And I was like, wait, like he's like a little older than just traditional college age student, like right out of college. And now this all makes sense. So you graduated from high school, regular 17, 18, went to community college at home. Then you came over here, went to FIU, Florida International University. And now you are still in the United States working, trying to make a living in this crazy country. So tell us about that. You're already shaking your head. It's rough. It's rough right here for international students. So yeah, did undergrad at FIU. That's why I met Amber. It's such a great time. Such a great time. FIU <laughs> was a good time. Like that was one of my best times in life was FIU. And if I knew this crazy place was gonna be what it is now, I'd have been like, please just keep us in this time. Oh we and then after FIU, I did my graduate studies at the University of Central Arkansas. So yeah. Crazy flip, crazy from Miami to Conway, Arkansas. And then I'm currently working at the University of North Carolina at Greensboro, where I serve as a coordinator for residence life. So housing, residence life, you know, all that type of good stuff. But the journey to here, it's been, it's been a very interesting one. Reason being, um, I'm pretty much a first generation student as well. Um, and navigating that like international student status was completely new to me. Thank God I had friends from back home that had done it before and were able to like help guide me through those nuances. So Zavi, if you ever hear this, you are the one person that I truly, truly appreciate because he has hands, he has answered so many questions, especially from his own experience and like provided me mm-hmm. that insight. So I also don't like go through the type of trials and tribulations that he endured during his time yeah. within the US as well, too. So like yeah. Getting to know um, your international student service office is extremely important as an international student. Um, knowing the documents you need to have, the different visas you need to have. So like on that visa note, I remember when I was in FIU and I did a summer internship at UCA, so Central Arkansas. And to my understanding, I was thinking, oh, you know, I'm a student here. I can just go do an internship, blah, 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 blase, blase, all that type of stuff. But I think it was the second week when I started, I got an email from like FIU's International Student Service. I was like, hey, you violated your visa status. Oh, no, not they about to deport you. <laughs> I was like, bro, what are you talking about? <laughs> like, like what? Like, what is this? And I was instantly freaking out. Like I told my supervisor, like, hey, I don't know what this means, but I think it's means that I'm going to get sent home or like, what, what, what do we need to do? And this was a new learning experience for her as well. So we sort of like worked through it together, contacted UCA's International Student Service Office as well to get stuff sorted out and worked it out, worked it out. So that has been an interesting experience. And then trans um, transitioning from a student visa to now a work visa. So I'm currently mm-hmm. in the US on an H-1B visa, which provides um, us, you know, individuals that are here working in the U.S. that are not born in the U.S. to work um, temporarily. So mm-hmm. even that was also a tricky experience, especially given COVID. So the last time I have been home physically was December 2019, before everything started. 
Yeah. And I was worried because, again, this H-1B visa process was also something that I have never encountered before. So I was like, well, if I leave the U.S., I wouldn't be able to get back in because, like, I've been hearing appointments have been, like, backed up for people yeah. that are different visa types but then I spoke with one of my friends who went through the process and he told me he got his passport back within maybe like a week week and a half so I did took the leap I went to Barbados in January and got my visa so now I'm able to go home my goal is to go back home December for carnival which is gonna be great <laughs> and that's what I was gonna ask you on um, one have you been able to go back home yet and what was that like when COVID hit, which you addressed a little bit, because I feel like that probably was scary that you didn't know what was going on, but the U.S. was crazy. And at that time you were in Arkansas, right? In 2020, mm-hmm. yeah, going through grad school. And then if you went back home, you wouldn't be able to get back here because I feel like other countries also started having more um, protocols and restrictions than the U.S. did. So I can't. And the borders that. were closed. The borders were yeah. closed on different right too. So there's also that you had to like quarantine for like a long period of month of time. So it was like I was like, you know, I'm gonna stay in the U.S. and just and just just rock it out. Just rock with it. <laughs> and I mean, you are here. You were in Arkansas, like you said. That is a very big difference than FIU in Miami. But you also didn't know anybody yet um aside from people you met like during the interview process mm-hmm. when you went to Arkansas mm-hmm. yeah that's that's a lot um and so what now keeps you here I mean aside from obviously you work at uh institution that is sponsoring you but why do you still want to stay in the U.S. I think accessibility wise um and like ease of access to stuff so if I'm trying to like order stuff it comes straight not really straight to my door but you have the option for it to come straight to your door yeah like back home you have to go through like shipping agencies and pay like an exuberant amount of taxes and stuff like that so i was like ease of access to purchase like you know typical stuff mm-hmm. um, also so like more opportunities in terms of utilizing like my degree i'm um, utilizing my connections so i'm also part of a fraternity as well so utilizing that to like connect with people yeah um, so that networking aspect there um and then the money like the, the, the money the money keeps the people here right? <laughs> I mean, inflation is a thing still, but I would say because the exchange rate back home, so like one US dollar is equivalent to like 2.70 Eastern Caribbean dollars. So, I mean, if I'm getting enough money here, I can make money here and then send it back home to my family. Yeah. So that's also a reason. Okay. It's so interesting because, I mean, for me, obviously, I'm born in the US. I travel and go to other countries. And I know when we travel to countries, um, specifically in the Caribbean, that all we see is like the tourist side and like it seems like so many people are traveling here like there's so many things to do like it's a beautiful place but people who live there always say the same things that you're saying because I'm thinking about my one friend that's from Jamaica um and it was similar things she was just like it's just not as accessible and even safety sometimes is um a little bit worse even though here in the U.S. we're like this is crazy um what's going on but people from other countries are like no it's it's crazier from wherever you are from and I think it's sad like the lack of resources when again like tourism is so high with carnival or even just events that they have it's like why can't the country be um better and have better resources and access to things like basic things that people actually need Mm -hmm. and so have you um tried to have your family come to move here or they're just like no I'm gonna say I, I would not recommend I would absolutely not. like <laughs> I would say living in the U.S. is cool and all 
but like you there comes a time where you miss like the authentic island living experience yeah here in North Carolina it's not easy for me to get like food I would get typically easily back home yeah yeah yeah. have some stuff like cook up um like black pudding goat water all type of stuff and then you missing on carnival is like well you know because you were raised and you like you grew up in that experience in that thing so you want to go back and like participate in it with your friends yeah with that too so like i know we have like i typically go like to miami carnival but like it's just not the same as, no it's like, not still it's not no and that's still true and i mean i'm appreciating this because even though we're friends i again specifically pick this topic because we don't necessarily talk in depth much about this like yeah your paperwork and all of that stuff but um it's like cool to hear that and that's that's true because i feel like if i like move to another country it's not u.s and like the u.s culture can be debatable but this is where i'm from so if i went to somewhere else i'm going to be expecting things that i would find in the u.s but like that's not going to be the case and i mean with food even moving from new york to miami i obviously miss pizza because miami pizza not not new york pizza there was like one or two places that um had good like new york style pizza because they were from new york but then even going to um baltimore i mean we have a lot of seafood there is a lot of like soul food caribbean food but there's like to get authentic like italian food which again new york is such a melting pot that i felt like i could find any type of food in new york that would be good like no matter where you went and you can't just do that everywhere I didn't even have Chinese food in Miami. I think I had it once and I was like, no, thank you. I don't want this again. <laughs> and I know like, it's not the same, but it's like, again, cultural and what you're used to and you go to a different area and you don't have access to those things. So you're like, this is not the same. Bagels and every other place's bagels, trash. New York bagels, the best bagels <laughs> you will ever have in your life. Fight me on that. Oh, we, that's why when I was in Miami, like it was easier to like at least get a piece of that cultural aspect because there's a lot of Caribbean people yeah. in Miami, and there was a whole Saint's Bakery, like people from back home. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Stuff from back home, so I was like, oh, even though I got to drive to like Broward to get it, it's not as far. So like I could yeah. still experience that little piece of back home there. Yeah, no, I definitely agree with that. Miami is um very cultured for caribbean people definitely i think that when you start going into like the hispanic culture that it still is cultured but that's when it's like very different of like how they view things or what um they like do in their culture the one thing that i didn't know anything about or would never have imagined that this flavor would be so popular is guava guava stuff is everywhere in miami i don't even know if i had tried anything guava flavored before moving to miami but i'm i'm not a big fan of guava like i like it from the authentic places so even um shout out to john um i think he i think he listens to the podcast but if not i'll send him this episode um he and i went to a cuban restaurant here in dc um and i got a guava pastry because i was like okay this is this is a cuban restaurant it's giving us the miami vibes we need but i won't just have guava anywhere like i'm not gonna have like a guava jolly rancher no we need like a guava pastry from a renowned bakery somebody that is authentic and we can trust to make that correctly that's true that's true and so now you're um coming up on year three of your it's uh your visa your work visa so can you just explain what does that mean and like 
um, as much as you're willing to share of like now after year three is up, what is the process that you have to go through or like what are your your plans? Yeah, so um so how it is pretty much so before you get to like that work visa um phase, you go through OPT, which is optional practical training, if I'm not mistaken. So what that does, it allows you a year to work in a field that is relevant to your most recent degree. Mm-hmm. So my master's degree was in higher education, pretty much. So now working in the field of higher education, I did that for a year. And then after that year is over, that's when I would then uh, reach out to institutions for that sponsorship. So the sponsorship, it allows you, I think you can get from like three to five years. So I got three. So this, ex- it expires May, 2025. Okay. Right. So then once that is over, you also have the option to get an extension or I know some institutions or like some companies, um, they would just go straight and sponsor you your green card or like, you know, to get you uh, naturalized over that process. Yeah. So you have you have those ups and downs. And then I've also have colleagues that are in like that have taken the faculty route versus the practitioner route. And it's a lot easier to get um, a green card through mm-hmm. that faculty um, route because, you know, schools need teachers all the time. They need, yeah. they need this all the time. So um that's also a thing too. Oh, you know, you can just do the typical marry a US citizen. <laughs> get God, we're gonna marry you off. And so what happens at the end of year three if you don't get a job by the May 2020 deadline? Is there a grace period? So I so I, I don't know what that looks like. Well, you better find out because next thing we know, Trevor's gonna be <laughs> back in St. Kitts. Like they deported me out of here. But the thing is, like, what I would highly recommend people to do is start having those conversations early. So, okay. like, with me, when I was um, so my first year here at USCG, I think in so I started in July. I think like late September, early, early October, I was having this conversation with my director, my associate director, like, hey, my OPT ends in May what y'all trying to do? Do I start job searching? Like, are y'all willing to like sponsor me? Cause we need to get this stuff done quickly. At least create a plan for myself. So if I need to like start job searching for like other institutions that I'd be willing to sponsor. Yeah. So I'm not waiting until like March, April when um, the semester is about to end. I'm here twiddling my thumb trying to figure out, Oh wow. What am I, what am I going to do? Yeah. 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 And so for that, I feel like that, like to me, it sounds like that helps with your job security more than like being an American citizen and like people kind of like not being able to have upfront conversations with their employers, but like you obviously have to, and they know because they've agreed to like whatever your um, term limit is. And so they can't be upset that you're job searching if they're not trying to keep you or they can't like try to play around because like this is it's everybody's livelihood, but it just seems a little different when it's like, I might have to go back home to a whole nother country. And then I know getting back here would be like difficult still. And then another route that you could probably take as well is just apply to go back to school. So like currently I'm pursuing my doctoral degree in higher mm-hmm. education. So even though I'm doing that part-time, let's say for example, they're unable to like extend my sponsorship. I would then just go into becoming a full-time student and then go back onto that student visa. Um, yeah part of things so yeah okay and then when you um were doing your job search the first go around um I know you went through like the placement exchange if people are listening that are in higher ed you're familiar with that but it's basically like a conference and day long like two three day well 
like three plus days of just job searching, interviewing with institutions. Um, I honestly enjoyed my TPE experience because I feel like it just had it all happen in like one week time span and then like you were done or you had like some follow-ups up here and there, but it wasn't as bad. Like it wasn't so sporadic feeling because it all happened in that short time frame. But I know a lot of people also were just like, this was a lot for us to go through in a short period of days. But you did the place of exchange. You um, interviewed with that. Were you finding that a lot of schools were willing to sponsor? So because I was also job searching like in the COVID period. That's true. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. 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 So like a lot of schools that had either done it before, they weren't able to because of budget cuts. And then there were some that... um, other departments at their institutions would sponsor, but not their specific department. And they also had those that were like, oh, we never had someone like access that. We could we, we could like inquire about it. So like, and they had those that were like, yeah, we've done it before. Okay. We could do it moving forward as well too, so. No, that's so true. Okay, so that makes a lot of sense. Um, Like time does not feel real, but you graduated <laughs> in May, 2020. So you were searching, 2021. So you were searching in May, 2020, uh, March, 2021, throughout Mm -hmm. that whole time the last semester which was a year out of covid and in shambles for institutions so yes that makes sense and so with sponsoring somebody as well because you mentioned budget cuts what is it that the institutions are paying for like they're obviously paying your salary they're paying your benefits so they also got to pray pay for like the process of like for that documentation to go through so like i know um, for not like educational like institutions, but like let's say for example you're working with, like a nonprofit or something, mm-hmm. so that processing period might take might look different for them versus like for a high education um institution. So like you got to pay for that premium processing. I don't know what that direct fee yeah, looks like, yeah. but in order to like get it through the onto the onto the desk of people that need to like yeah. see quickly, so you can also start with hold your job, yeah, before your stuff expires. So yeah, I'm so basically that. they're paying for fees and like paperwork and like stuff to make sure that they are in line with what they're supposed to be doing to sponsor somebody mm-hmm. and that they're doing what they need to do to make sure that like your stuff is all legitimate and that you're fine to stay working there. Yep. Oh, wow. Okay. And then what happens? I mean, you're not in this predicament, but we're just saying what happens if the employee um one wants to leave earlier or they're not like fulfilling their job responsibilities and they're like let go or they fire them. I, I guess you know you just go <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> or like I know I had um a colleague that um their OPT was like about to expire so then like that put them in a turmoil like trying to figure out like because their institution did not sponsor yeah I don't, like I don't know what that direct direct process look like for them but I know that could be nerve-wracking and scary because yeah because you don't know what's going on like I don't know again I'm trying to think like what is worse like just being in a country that you know and you're from not knowing when or how you're gonna get a job or being in another country and being like I will have to go back home and like that looks like very different than what I'm doing right now Cause like I've told people I have no problem going back home, honestly. Like I I don't think it will be difficult for me to get a job because of like yeah. since here in the U.S. and I'm sure I can articulate those perfectly back home to get a job and stuff like that. But I keep telling people like I'm I feel like there's more for me to get 
out of my experience here in the U.S. that I don't think I've gotten as yet. So like, I'm not gonna put in my, I'm not gonna put myself in a predicament. Which yeah. Me to, like have to leave early type of thing. Yeah. And what were you doing when you graduated high school? I remember you started um your was it a nonprofit or your organization? So like I was, I started at like work wise. I was working like something similar to like a Starbucks back home. Okay. I was trying to get like some quick money, <laughs> and then like. After that, I was an accountant for like a supermarket type of thing until I um, came to FIU for undergrad. But then in the nonprofit stuff, like I did have my nonprofit organization back home called Made St. Kids, which pretty much focused on providing volunteer opportunities for students through like mentorship programs, Mm -hmm. community service, that type of stuff. But since then, since moving to the U.S., it has been hard like managing. Yeah, yeah. It's on the ground type of thing. So I'm in the process of reimagining what I reimagining what I want to look like, and I'm more so going toward like a scholarship based approach because okay. if people know me, like I went to undergrad on full scholarship, grad school on full scholarship, pretty much. So like education is very important to me. Yeah, and providing that access to a quality education, whether it is allowing people to not have to worry about where they're um worry about like where money's gonna come from to pay for like school uniforms yeah. for the back. We wear uniforms. Yeah, it's going to be coming from. So being able to just alleviate some of that financial stress for people back home is like a huge thing for me. Yeah. Did you apply anywhere else aside from FIU when you um were looking to go to undergrad? I did actually. So <laughs> I had applied to two HBCUs. So um Florida Memorial and uh, I forgot the other one. Also applied to NYU in New York, but I had missed that deadline because I was traveling for something. And I also applied for Nova and what's that school? Uh, the University of the Virgin Islands. Oh, as well. okay. Oh my God, they were on College Hill. <laughs> I love College Hill. I wish they would bring that show back because that was a good show. I loved College Hill. That was the best Hill. season too. That was the best season. I loved College Hill. And then like the Virginia State season, I always remember because I thought I was going to go there. And I was like, oh my God, this is going to be my school. Like they're out there living their lives. That show was a good show. And then they had one um in Miami too. Um South Beach. It was a College Hill South Beach. They were like all different schools. Oh, that one was good too. Everybody go find College Hill. Watch it somehow. <laughs> um, oh, I had another question too. Oh, for FIU. So it's obviously Florida International University. So I mean, from my perspective, I feel like international students FIU actually is a good school for international students because um yes again international in the name but they pride themselves on the diversity and being a global campus and having um people and um places uh everywhere so do you think there were well there probably were some struggles but like what were some of the struggles or do you think that um there's anything that you didn't expect about going to college and like specifically at FIU given just the culture and how the school operates? Um, So like going off of your point, they're very big on like international aspects. So like CSA, so the Caribbean Student Association. Yeah, yeah, you all were going crazy all the time. <laughs> so that was actually the second largest student org on campus, which is, you think like, it's insane, right? But the largest was the Black Student um, Union. Um. So I found my community through CSA and like, I don't think I really experienced as many struggles and like challenges because people within CSA had went through those previously yeah. and they were making sure that they communicated that to like incoming students from like, that was actually born and raised in the Caribbean. Yeah, yeah. 
international students to ensure that they did not have to go through all of these things. So I see it as like paint fall, paint it forward. Yeah. And that's just the that I took as well when I was president and vice president for CSA. I was all right. We have these students that are coming in that are like considered international students. How can we help put in place processes or like put in place information or like documents to help alleviate some of that like typical stress? Yeah, that yeah. Who are these people in these different offices that we can like pinpoint and be like, hey, make sure you know X, Y, and Z and make sure you're having conversations with them. Make sure you're actually yeah. resources in these offices. You're, trying to, you're thinking about doing an internship? Let's have that conversation. And I think a good thing that came from that was we also implemented those into our general body meetings. Yeah. So we sessions where like even American bond students were like, oh, I didn't know y'all had to go through all of this. So they were actually learning as well while we're also teaching people. Yeah. And that's what, it's so good that I always have to circle it back, you know, point out the themes, very higher ed of us. Let's circle back to all the, the same stuff that's coming through and like all of um the stories that people are talking about on my podcast is definitely community that like either somebody helped you do something or you had somebody that was um like rooting for you or just was there for you on your journey so it's like we literally cannot do things alone or just by ourselves because one we don't know everything but two like that just is even more frustrating and then um two with um going back to when you were like, oh, like I feel like you became you became an adult at 21 and then you changed it to 25. But I feel like 21 in your life that you live makes sense because you lived in another country and you did more than I would say maybe like an average college age American student has done by that time so it's like 21 can be like a valid age for you to say that you felt like you were an adult also 25 but I don't know why rental cars are like at 25 you know you're you're good to rent this car like that that makes no sense you can get a u-haul at 18 I think it just doesn't make sense like none of these rules and regulations make sense like 18 is when you can get cigarettes in the U.S. And 21 is when you can drink. But all these other countries, the kids are 18 drinking. And there's no issues happening over there. I have not heard any stories of anything going haywire because at 18, somebody was able to drink. If anything, I feel like in American culture, there's more um, issues and incidents because we're drinking because we're not supposed to drink. And we're like, ooh, this is cool. Let's do this. And then it's a mess. Uh, wow. So, um, also you have siblings too, um, back in St. Kitts. So have they gone to school in St. Kitts or have you talked about any differences that you've both experienced, um, from just like you being in the U S and them still staying home? Yes. Yeah, so I've had, um, some siblings that have graduated with their master's as well, mm -hmm. um, that have attended school within the Caribbean. So the university of the West Indies, as well as university of the Virgin islands. So, um, I'm, Maybe that's a question you should ask if you don't know. Yeah, because I mean, like, most of my siblings, I don't think they've, like, went to school, like, outside of the Caribbean for the most part. So I'm assuming, like, it would be probably, like, different for me, like, actually being here and then like, them going to school back, when yeah. back, home, back in the, the region itself, too. So I don't know. But you're right. That's a question. That's probably a question to ask. And none of them want to come to the U.S. I know you said you would not recommend it, but none of them want to come to the U.S.? Not that I know of. Okay. Not that I, not that I know of, yeah. That's just so interesting. Like, I only have thought about living abroad, like, 
once or twice because my friend um moved to Dubai and Abu Dhabi and I was like wow like that is so cool and like she was living her best life but now after the pandemic I just don't think I could live out of the country like at all because like just god forbid anything happens it's like it's hard to get out, to get in, like to get access to things. Sometimes flights are crazy. Like right now, flights are super expensive. So I like just commend people that have left um their country like you and like my friend, like I said, that's from Jamaica. She tries to go back as often as she can. But again, the pandemic like messed stuff up and then going down the rabbit hole, like we have to work. So you're working most of the time. So how do you get time to like go because I feel like you need to have at least like a week if you go, because by the time you fly there, fly back, like. It's I think lot. it's also based on like what you value too. So like, I know some people value family like heavily. Mm-hmm. So, like, peers that were like, let's say we're, they're living in Florida and they're like, they're job searching. They're thinking, oh, I don't want to go. I don't want to go to New York or like, I wouldn't be interested to go to California. Whereas me, like I love my family, stuff like that. But I pr- I'm more of an adventurous person. I don't want to yeah. see I want to see a lot of stuff. So that's why I did not have a re- I did not have an issue. I feel like you were like, <laughs> see ya. See you later. <laughs> Been cool. Like literally that, that's how I am. And then even like when I was living back home, like being involved in like youth leadership stuff, you know, youth advocacy stuff, I was traveling and like representing my country at different um, conferences and stuff. Yeah. So like I, I've been to South Korea representing my country. I've been to the UK. I've been to um what's that place called Uruguay in South America I've been to Malta in the Mediterranean so I think like my love, a world traveler okay <laughs> so like I think my love for like traveling really allows me to be like all right y'all I love y'all but I need to go and experience like yeah. the world myself and stuff like that so I think that like what people value plays a, a huge part yeah. in where they live abroad whereas me baby I'm trying to go anywhere I would be down <laughs> as Travis long said, as flew out fly as out <laughs> As long as there's access to an airport for me to get back home, I always know I have that opportunity to get home. Yeah. No, that's true. And I guess it also goes to like just what you said too about like the value of a dollar here versus in St. Kitts is also different. So I already know that like you do manage your money um well and like you're big on saving and stuff. So I feel like that's probably another part too. Cause I agree that like if you have access again to get places or do whatever you want, or like you have money saved or whatever, then it's not an issue. But if you're living paycheck to paycheck, or you just don't have money saved up or like whatever your circumstances are that you don't feel like you can access places or like move around, if an emergency came up, then that makes a huge difference. Wow. I need to go to St. Kitts, but I feel like going to um different countries, like I've been to the Dominican Republic, Bahamas, Canada. And not that Canada is not a different country, but like it just feels too close to the US <laughs> to be like, oh, we're in a whole new country. Like that's that's a stretch, but I've been there. Um and I am like one, I need to renew my passport before I can get anywhere, obviously. But I'm like, okay, I need to figure out what countries I want to go to, but I need to go with people that are from there or that have like been there before because there's language barriers. Like you just don't know stuff. And people are like, oh, they can tell when you're a tourist or especially when you're from America because this place is viewed as a crazy country to the outsiders. So like, I just don't... I don't have, I don't need any issues going to another country. All right. But if you're ever trying to go to St. Kitts, St. Kitts and Nevis, um, the three times I would highly recommend is June when we have our music festival. 
So mm-hmm. it's the last week of June. So we have like a lot of huge artists um that typically come out there. So like Burna Boy is gonna be there this year. Um, and then in the summertime, Nevis has their culture armor, so that's the summer festival. Highly, highly recommended as well. And then in December, same case, we have our Sugar Mass, which is our national carnival, which pretty so with that, you need to be willing to give up Christmas with your family if you're trying to <laughs> because and Travis carnival, already said he values being in the streets so he will be no, there no like for those people that are like interested in coming to saying it's for carnival yeah 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 because yeah. our carnival typically runs during the christmas time so i would say the great the greatest times to be there will be like december 21st up until january 3rd okay so our juve our grand parade all that type of stuff so you need to be willing to miss christmas or you know or bring the family for christmas there you know spend christmas there but you need to be willing to give if you want to have like, a true experience and like really get involved and like see everything. Yeah. And does the country um or that area like shut down for these things? I know um like NOLA, for example, for for what's the thing called? Mardi Gras. Mardi- we know that NOLA is like everybody's off because they're living their lives for Mardi Gras. So yeah, we typically have um days when like people are off and then for like, the the huge um like street events like juve it typically happens like within our capital so like streets are blocked off yeah like like, spectators and come in the grand parade as well as last lap those you also have streets blocked off and things like designated for like the the route for the bands and like the the troops and all that type of stuff Mm. okay Mm. well i might have to miss a christmas one year we'll see we'll see um, but thank you again for joining me, um, from interviewing you to be an RA, to starting your professional career, brunches in DC, and now you started your craft business, which we didn't even get to talk about the craft business, because, oh God, well, he has a craft business, everybody. I'll tag his Instagram, follow him, order. But it's been great to be a part of your journey, and I appreciate all the support you've given to the adults and queen. And I'm sure that our listeners have gained something from hearing your story, being born and raised in another country. And if you're an international student or you know international students, reach out to Travis because he's done research um, and he's presented at multiple conferences. And did you submit to a journal or something too? I feel like you did. I did. My master's thesis. He did. He did. And then yes. my doctoral research is pretty much building upon that. So feel free. Feel free to reach out. It's a whole community. We're all here to help people. Yes, we are. And with that, thank you all for listening. Again, I hope you enjoyed this episode. I hope you enjoyed this week's episode with Travis. You can find him on Instagram at craft underscore T designs. I really enjoyed having this conversation and reflecting on the privileges that we have here in America. I know it feels crazy sometimes, but we do take advantage of simple things other countries don't have. And for me, it's also fun to talk to my friends about things that we don't normally talk about that have impacted who they are today. So again, I hope you enjoyed this conversation. Please share it with any international students you know, and feel free to connect them with Travis. Don't forget to become an AQ fan through my Patreon for as low as $5 a month. You'll have access to monthly reflection sheets, a moving checklist, past sip and Sundays, journal prompts, and more. Shout out to Tamara, Sean, Lauren, and Sixto, my current AQ fans. The monthly subscription goes to producing the podcast, AQ Adventures for content, supplies for merchandise, and more. So thank you again to the AQ fans on my Patreon. 
Our song this week is America Has a Problem by the one and only Beyonce Giselle Knowles Carter. I'm counting down the days until I get to see her. Very excited about that. We don't even need the lyrics this week. Let's just keep it at the beginning when the intro says America Has a Problem. Thank you for tuning in to this week's episode of Sip and Sunday. If you enjoyed this episode, like, subscribe, follow, and leave a review on Anchor, Spotify, or Apple. Tag The Adulting Queen on all social media platforms with the hashtag AQSipAndSunday.